Hey y'all, it's Queen J back with another episode. We are on episode 12 of Let's Get Uncomfortable. And this this episode might just get a little bit emotional. Um, we're now in the month of September. Literally one month away from me turning 25. And before I jump into the topic, as you know, we have our mindfulness, but this episode might be a little bit intense. I do want to give that warning, give that trigger warning, just because September is a hard month. Um, for those of you who are not aware, September actually is um, a national um, suicide awareness month. So those of us who have felt like burdens those of us who have dealt with the deep depressions it's especially hard because while there is great beneficials benefit fuck I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to say while there comes a great sense of relief and support and and sense of visibility even when it comes to highlighting that yes this is the month that people struggle the most or this is the month that suicide is made more visible within within society within the world it also causes a duality of for those of us like myself who have experienced that period of I feel worthless. And they have to constantly fight against that. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that it is that it is there are there is awareness for it, but it's what we do with that awareness. You know, if we constantly just see memes of saying, "Oh, this is, you know, making light of the situation and not taking it into actuality and and what it actually means you know it's not an easy decision and it's damn sure not an easy decision to fight it either so before I get into my mindfulness I just wanted to frame this episode for y'all because it may be heavy so if you need to step away that's okay this is not an easy feat this is not an easy topic especially when talking about healing especially within the black community especially within people that suffer from complex ptsd um which is complex or chronic post-traumatic stress disorder people that suffer from just neurodivergent miss and 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 a constant pressure of anxiety and a constant pressure of depression and 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 needing to exceed expectations that come from seemingly out of nowhere um but that being said I do want to get into our mindfulness um pause breathe relax in this episode very special, very near and dear to my heart. It's now time for us to be open 
to navigating new ways to deal with depression while healing, shame while healing, isolation while healing, or periods of doubt while healing. It is now time for us to be receptive to navigating new methods and how we combat those difficult nights while navigating healing. All right, y'all. I mentioned that this episode is going to be a little heavy. So if I sound like I'm about to cry, it's because I am. (laughs) It's because I am. I'm being raw. I'm here. I'm present. But y'all know me by now. Y'all know that I'm very honest. I'm very open because that's all that I've ever had to be within this healing journey. I found that me being honest and me being open and vulnerable with myself allowed me to explore new versions of myself as far as my identity goes within healing and within my own growth. And I'm not fake. (laughs) That too. But yeah, so this, the, the funny thing is, All day today, I was like, what am I going to talk about? What is the episode that I want to touch on? Do I want to talk about how it is National Suicide Awareness Month? Do I want to touch on my personal dealings with that? Or or do I just want to completely kind of like talk about it a little bit, but sidestep it and get to the good stuff? But then I thought, Janae, isn't that exactly what we did when we first started our healing journey? We looked so far into the future that that's all we wanted was to be that woman smiling on the other end. Didn't really want to deal with the shit that we had to go through to get to where we are. And it blew my mind because I actually I I I I actually just found out that one of my um favorite influencers, favorite people, positive role models to look up to, um recently just uh ended their life. And As I'm processing that, just before I found this out, just before I was, I I saw it on Instagram, I was reminded by Snapchat of like my memories. I'm sorry, y'all. And in my memories, there were pictures of me. And I could see a clear distinction between who I am now and who I was back then. And this isn't to say that the pictures were sad, but we know where we were mentally when we look back at pictures from five or six years ago or from however long ago. 
Hell, we know what, what mental state we were in a month ago. So me looking at photos that I really wasn't trying to look at. And it just kind of puts that in my at the forefront of my mind, like, yeah, this is what you was doing three years ago. This is who was in your life three years ago. This is what happened six years ago, you know, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to reflect on that. But it's really it's definitely not a coincidence that the one image that stood out to me the most. Um, was when I was struggling with who I was at that current time. And I didn't really allow myself to see it until right now. And I didn't allow myself to see that I was struggling so bad. Instead, I had a friend who really did the best that they could as far as helping me. But whenever I was progressing and, 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 and achieving those milestones, it was always downplayed into, you know, that manipulation aspect of, yeah, it's about time. I've been telling you that for months, you know, and it wasn't really beneficial. But that image stood out to me because at that time, I battled with suicide. I battled with isolation. I struggled with making sense of why things had happened to me the way that they did. And this is something my family doesn't even know about because I refused to open up. And that was on me. Actually, at that time, I was so prone to pushing people away that the people that stayed just stayed. They didn't ask much of me. I remember there were times where people were just in my living room like, we love you. And at that time, I had started to let love in. But it was so difficult. I was still battling those thoughts. Like I said, y'all, if I'm if I'm crying, if you pick up on it, cool. I want this to be shown because this is what it means to heal. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's really not. And it just makes me appreciate where I'm at in life now. And of course, I'm also processing the fact that my favorite influencer, who I felt a similar connection to, has just ended their life because they were struggling just as just as much as, if not more, than than myself.
you know, they were battling the same things. And I say that because I read, I literally just read the suicide note. And those were the same sentiments that I've held on to. The same feelings that I've reiterated to someone to keep me on this earth. To keep my mind solid, to keep myself grounded. I had plenty of people, my best friends, my sister friends, telling me, reminding me of my worth. Crying with me because at one point, I said, fuck it. And at this time in my life, I had decided that who's going to miss me when I've been treated so damn badly? And I think a lot of us feel that way. If we've, if we've dealt with suicidal thoughts or intrusive thoughts, I think a lot of us have felt like, who would miss us? And of course, maybe we have a list of people that we think of. Maybe we have a short list. Doesn't matter how long it is. But for myself, I had a list. I had a fairly long list of people that I realized would miss me. But after I looked past the list, after I had my soul cries after I processed and 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 healed allowed myself to heal going through the ugly stages the deep dark stages all of that I was able to again shift my perspective and look at it from a new lens of would I miss me Forget everybody else. Forget about the outside noise. But if I were to do this, if I were to successfully act upon this, wouldn't I miss me? Wouldn't I miss the chance at experiencing the life that I've always wanted? And once I realized that the answer was yes, it became a bit easier for me to say, no, I'm not gonna isolate myself. But here's the thing, I found that when I was open about the isolation that I put myself through, meaning I literally would tell the person, tell my friend, hey, I'm going through a lot right now, and I'm trying so hard to not isolate myself. And they'd be like, okay, is there anything that I can do to help? And I would say, no, not really. It's more of a me thing. It's not necessarily something you can do as just an automatic response. And that friend, God bless her soul, my sister friend would be like, I'm not taking that as an answer. So we're going to sit on this phone until you feel comfortable to tell me what's going on. 
we're going to get to the bottom of why you feel like you deserve to be so alone. (laughs) And we still do this. We're just going to sit in silence. And I'll never forget that conversation because it was barely anything said. At least on my part. But hearing that this person was like, "Mm -mm. hey, I know you're going through a tough time right now. But if you need me, I'm here. And I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. And if you do feel uncomfortable, that's fine. I'll go. But I just want you to know that I love you. I genuinely care for you. And it wasn't a ploy to get me to open up. It was just simply, I want you to hear me. You know, and my automatic responses got shorter. You know, as as time went on, it became, hey, so... I'm trying not to isolate myself or me turning to my support system, the people that I genuinely value in my life and telling them, hey, I'm struggling right now and I'm trying not to isolate myself. It's so fucking hard. You know how easy it is for me to just slip back into the isolation period because that's all that I genuinely feel a connection to. And I get pissed with myself and they're like, let it out. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? And I remember my answer being, because I shouldn't want to do this. I shouldn't want to isolate myself. I shouldn't want to be so alone that no one can hear my cries. I shouldn't want this for myself, right? I should love myself enough to feel whole without someone else. And I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out why I felt like I couldn't turn this corner. I felt so stuck in this negative mindset. But even as I got angry with myself over feeling the self-hatred, over feeling all the the survival feelings that I had and, and, and the mindset that I had developed, I began to realize that For me, if I push everyone away, it makes me feel like shit. It doesn't help me lick my wounds. What actually helps me is talking about it with my friends, the people that value me. Truly, that truly value me. And I'm not in any way saying that what my favorite influencer um Raven K Jackson I'm not saying in any way that what she did was weak was wrong I'm not saying that at all what I'm simply saying is I know exactly how it feels to be in that position And to get tired of fighting because you're battling yourself. And don't think in any way that that I am saying that that's the path that I'm leading down. That this is my, that's not what this is. This is just simply acknowledging the fact that this is what happens 
when we try to handle everything on our own, this is what can happen. When we don't let people in, when we think that we're such a burden to ourselves and others, and we shut down out of fear that it's going to cause them more pain when in actuality, they don't want to see us hurt. The people that were genuinely there for me during that time frame did not want to see me hurting. They truly did not want to see me hurting. And because they didn't want to see me hurt. When I reached out. And I admitted what was going on. They were there. You know, my therapist was there. My my family was there. My friends. But. It does get hard. It definitely gets hard. And I think that's the most difficult part about healing is that when you have overcome a particular portion of of your wounds, even the self-inflicted ones, even the, 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 the mentally self-inflicted ones, it gets even that much harder to look at yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, that, that happened. Because I distinctly remember at the time when I was going through my own feelings after having been assaulted and just processing everything that was going on in my life at the time, I distinctly recall being so pissed at myself so hurt that I couldn't even get out the words that I needed to say because I was so angry with the with the fact that there was a version of me that wanted to hurt me so bad I couldn't write about it I couldn't talk about it I damn sure couldn't speak on it so when I was preparing to do a TED talk I was gonna call it let love in Because that's literally all that I had been trying to do. For those past three years. Where I struggled. So deeply. Because I just, I couldn't let love in. I couldn't. I was terrified. And I won't say that I was terrified of making a mistake, but I will say I was terrified that I was too much. I'm talking about the person that did not love themselves. I am talking about the person that was seeking validation, but didn't really realize that they were seeking validation. I'm talking about the person that subconsciously allowed a person to manipulate them for three fucking years because they couldn't see their own worth because whenever they tried to see their own worth whenever they got close to seeing their own worth it was back down that rabbit hole of it took you long enough 
And of course, that spiral caused me to spiral. But at that time, I had discovered that throughout that entire year, throughout those entire, that entirety of the three-year friendship, I was slowly letting love in, but I was very hesitant to do so. And I discovered more things about myself from my childhood that I didn't really want to discover, but I did anyway. And I set out to do more poetry things. I I created my words in power. I created Let's Get Uncomfortable. You know, I founded these things, but it wasn't enough. In my mind, it was, you need to be doing more. You're not doing enough for the next person. You're not doing enough for yourself. You need to be doing more. And so I struggled deeply. To the point where I became dependent upon my medicine and abused it whenever I could. Now, this is not me condoning any of this. This is just my story, part of my story, because it's not my whole identity anymore. But I say all of this to say that I genuinely understand the mindset of someone that is pushed too far by their own anxiety or by their own demons or by whatever you want to call it, by their own mentality. It's a chemical imbalance within our brains that cause us to think these things. And I'm still battling my own as we speak. It's just I now have the tools and the resources to better manage my emotions, better manage my thoughts and understand that I am a living human being who can experience life as they wish. And I am now able to balance what I want to and not to experience through setting boundaries, through vocalizing my needs, through allowing myself to have grace so that I can be the person that I am now. Yes, that is a part of my past. I struggled internally, mentally, and physically sometimes. But that is not all that I am. But when I think of those times, I still get sad over it. I still get upset. But I will say... My sister friend, and she knows who she is, we talk about this often because there was a point in time where I was so angry about hating myself so much to the point where, oh my God, I wanted to die. Oh my God, I wanted to take these pills and no longer breathe. How selfish of that, how selfish of me is that? And the thing is, when I started thinking that way, she actually stood in front of me and said, no. It may feel selfish at the time, but those feelings that you felt were valid. And I want you to know something. I am happy 
that you're still here. And I am happy that you're angry about the fact that that is how you once felt about yourself. Because guess what? My best friend's pretty fucking awesome. And I'd be pretty fucking sad if she decided that she was anything less than that because of something that happened to her that wasn't her fault. Because of shame that was projected onto her by someone else. So when I'm boohoo crying, as as she's telling me this, I'm boohoo crying over the fact, I'm mourning the fact that I used to view myself in this light. This, this, this person that didn't need to live. This person that didn't deserve a life. The life that they are currently now living. It was really difficult. And I, I beat myself up over it. And then all of my friends came over, uh, not just not just her. I was having a party for my birthday at the time. And they all came over to me and they just hugged me so tight. And they said, Janae, it's okay. You kept fighting. And that has to stand for something. And if I could say something to her, To Raven. I'd probably tell her. You did damn good with with what you could. Because this isn't someone that I just somewhat related to. This was a person that I had kept telling myself, I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to I'm going to message her. I'm going to message her. I'm going to get the confidence and I'm going to message her and I'm going to tell her I would love to work with her. But I kept putting it off because I was like, no, I'm not there yet. No, I'm not there yet. But that didn't mean that didn't stop me from going to her Instagram, doing the workouts, looking at everything that that she had to put out. And following her journey and seeing the similarities there. And of course, this is based off of everything that I've seen on her, you know, public profile. And sure, there's probably things going on in the behind the scenes as because we don't know everything. But it just goes to show you that, or at least it goes to show me personally, you can be as successful and determined and driven as anyone can get. And you still won't know what's going on behind closed doors unless someone tells you. I was following her fitness journey and her mental health journey. And in her bio, it says that she's a motivational speaker, just like I am. And I kept telling myself, I want to see her speak. I want to hear her perform. I want to be involved in her world. I want to see from her perspective. For some reason, it was maybe it's because, like I said, we have similar paths. 
you know, wellness and and fitness and, and things like that. And both being motivational speakers are a lot of our similarities align. But I was drawn to her energy as well. And I only found her maybe a year ago. And I was like, yep, yep, that's exactly who I want to look through this lens. I want to see through this lens. I want to see it from a different perspective. Maybe this can help me reach my goals. Maybe, you know, that she was inspiring to me and still is. Because of the simple fact that even though it is a loss, she still did everything that she wanted to do. It's a huge loss. And I'm not dismissing it at all. Yet, I'm saying I understand it. It's devastating. But I understand it. I've had my fair share of people in my life, very personal to me, not not just an influencer, that have committed suicide. Novembers are hard for me. <laughs> Novembers are hard for me because one of my good friends in high school committed suicide when we were just sophomores and it's so insane to look back and realize how drastically my life has changed from when I was 16 envisioning a life with an end So I get it. This is the ugly part of healing. This is the dark side. Because you have to be willing to face the more challenging parts of yourself that you don't even want to face sometimes because it is that challenging. You have to be willing to coexist with who you were then, who you were while you were healing, and who you are now. And what's, I guess, to end on a really light note, or not to end, but to like close that topic up. I was speaking with my therapist about balancing everything and talking about how I've been feeling a lot of pressure and she asked me where is the pressure coming from is it more so guilt is it more so shame what what is the feeling actually boiling down to what is the pressure boiling down to if I had to categorize it and I remember telling her that it was a little bit of both it was a little bit of 
guilt and shame because I was so pissed at myself for allowing myself to be in these situations again, these harmful situations. And then she asked me, it's good. She asked me, why? And I started thinking and I said, I think I get pissed because I know who I am now. And that's not who I am anymore. And it sickens me to think that I ever felt that way about myself. To think that I ever put myself in harmful situations or experienced harmful situations. And I felt like this is okay. But I had to tell myself and remind myself that those harmful situations, that was a different person. I was unhealed in that aspect of life. And now these are kind of a mixture of bittersweet tears because I'm like very proud of where I am now in my life. But I'm also very sad because it's like, I know that this is a rare feeling that not everyone gets to experience. But I just, I want people to know that it's possible. You know, this is why I started doing this podcast. This is why I started even doing my healing journey and documenting it and doing Voices for the Voices because... I want to be one of the voices for the voiceless, for those that feel that they are powerless, for those that need the strength to keep fighting. I don't want to be the poster child of healing. (laughs) That's not the goal here. But if you can learn anything from my journey, from my very personal journey, then I'm grateful for that. I may not be grateful for the experiences that I've had. But I do understand that it's extremely difficult. And even growing up, I always said, I want to be the middle woman, the middle man between people getting help and understanding that help is available to them. Because of the simple fact that it wasn't always available to me. And I also want, I also wanted to demonstrate and help educate on how to obtain life after trauma if you choose it. Because there is life after trauma if you choose to go after it. That's what Let's Get Uncomfortable is all about. We touch on topics surrounding healing And it's deep. And it's also scary because a lot of people may not want to venture this far into themselves. And that's okay. Listen, that's okay. You do as much as you're willing to do because this is hard work. And unfortunately, it doesn't get easier. 
You know, I have my therapist telling me, I think you've got a good handle on things. And I'm a little nervous about that. I feel like I have gotten the tools under my belt to to balance everything that I experience in life now and balance my anxieties and, and things that arise. But there's always that possibility of, I can't go back to her. I can't go back to being her. I can't go back to unwillingly or reluctantly or subconsciously inviting destructors into my peace and and I don't even and I'm not aware of it and that's where the anxiety comes from that's where the overthinking comes from because it happens so I'm pretty sure almost all of us at this point because we all have some level of trauma may not be as extreme But it's affected us in some way. And collectively, if we're wanting to heal, we have to be willing to connect. And I think if I had have gotten the chance to speak with Raven, I probably would have sent the message, your work is incredible but I'm more interested in knowing you rather than knowing your story. Just because I felt a deep connection with her and I hadn't even met her yet. I hadn't even actually spoken to her and said, Hey, you're, I think your content is dope. I hadn't done any of that. I liked her photos. I liked her videos. I commented every once in a while. But I never actually took that step and sent the message and said, I would love to work with you. I would I would love to learn from you. Because it wasn't just about collaborating. It was about Learning how someone with a similar mind to mine seemed to go after everything with the same fire and tenacity that I had, that I had seen, that I have seen within myself. It wasn't. It wasn't about, oh, let's just work with her just to work with her. I was drawn. And every time, every time I saw one of her videos, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it now. I kept trying. I went to the DM area and I was like, what is stopping me? (laughs) And maybe it was nerves. Who knows? But ultimately, 
she made an impact a huge one at that her fitness journey was just a mere part of her story what truly touched me was seeing that today was seeing what finally drew me to her She was a poet, just like me. She had that intellectual capacity to make words stream together beautifully. And I didn't connect the dots until literally today. I saw a video when I was scrolling through trying to figure out what had happened and if it were true. And it dawned on me. It it finally hit me why I felt so connected with this person and I hadn't even spoken with her yet. Because we shared such similar stories. A love of poetry, a love of fitness, similar interests, (laughs) love, love of dancing. You know, it, it, she reminded me so much of myself. And when I saw her post, I saw a bit of myself. But I also saw a light within her, within each of her posts, within each of her her fitness goals, within each of her tutorials. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna save that. I saved almost all of her, all of, almost all of her videos are are saved on my <laughs> Instagram, and I'll go back to them and I'll do the workouts and things, but. She made an impact. And I don't want this to be misinterpreted in any way. She didn't make an impact just because she healed and she lived the life that she wanted. She made an impact because she did what a lot of us, a lot of us struggle to do. Which is keep going. And she kept going. For as long as she could. I would. I wish this were a different ending. Where I could say no she's. She's alive and well. And she's still pursuing. And still going after the life that she wants. But. That's not the case here. And like I said, this is a really sensitive topic because I'll be honest, guys, I don't like talking about it. 
it's the one thing that causes me to shut down so quick because it's hard actually in the message that she had left I read this on um, her partner's um, page after doing some digging and I really wish I hadn't read it because it felt so familiar but in the message she said something along the lines of I didn't I'd been thinking on this for a while and I That's why I got so quiet. And that's why I pushed you away because I, you know, I wanted. (laughs) I didn't think you'd understand. And I think that's a very common feeling. Because I felt the same way. In fact, I be, I believe I said those exact same words to anyone that ever asked. I didn't think you'd listen. Or I didn't think you'd understand. When I first told someone in my family about my suicidal ideation. They paused for a moment, looked at me and said, why didn't you tell me? And the next thing I said was, I didn't think you'd listen. I didn't think you'd understand. I think that is one of the most common feelings of isolation, suicidal ideation, because it's that common feeling of, oh, I'm not even going to talk about it because no one's going to understand why I feel this way, because they're going to see it as some form of either one you're just vying for attention or b or or two your something's wrong something's wrong with you to the point where They'd rather check out and not be bothered. It's very rare that someone who actually says that they're having bad thoughts or dealing with bad thoughts is actually 
talked to in a way where they're comforted rather than why are you having bad thoughts? What what's wrong? Like, it, but it's almost accusatory. Like, it's almost like if that person's having the bad thoughts, then then they're in control and it's their fault and they made a selfish decision. And, you know, I remember when I lost my friend to suicide in high school, everything became everyone else's fault. Whereas me, I know exactly where it stemmed from. And I got angry. And at this time I was unhealed. And I'm not a proud person of what I what I'm about to say. But I remember everyone was like, Oh, did you know her? You look green, you look sick, you know, like and I was like, Yeah, well, one of my friends just committed suicide and um I I didn't have the guts at the time to tell anybody that I was considering the same thing. I just didn't. So instead, I just pushed it down. But when everyone was talking about oh my God, I can't believe she would do something like this. And I was just talking with her and, you know, and they were they were giving out their stories and everything. I was really, really quiet and I was just observing everything. And I remember thinking, this is probably how it'll be when I, when I go. Or this'll, this is probably how it's going to be if I go. In that way. And my friends were a wreck. We were all a wreck. But there was one thing in particular that pissed me off. Everyone wanted to say that she was in a better place now. And that her decision was fine. But I wasn't okay with it. I wasn't okay with the fact that my friend was no longer sitting next to me laughing about some guy. (laughs) I wasn't okay that we weren't going to have any more memories. I wasn't okay with that. So when everyone started coming to me and saying, Oh, Janae, are you okay? Did you hear about Kelsey? Did you hear? And I'm just like, yeah, I heard. I heard. I left off on talking about my friend who had committed suicide in high school and the aftermath of it. I was really upset. And I remember everyone trying to console me and, and tell me that she was in a better place now. And I got so angry. Because at the time, I really didn't know what to believe. You know, she had escaped a particularly controlling situation at the time. But 
she had escaped it by by death. So I couldn't really understand. But I also could because I was going through some particularly horrific things myself at the time. And I just kept thinking. And maybe at one point I might have said it out loud because I just didn't care. I might have said, wonder how you guys are going to act when I go. And they probably was like, you shouldn't say anything like that. And, you know, just showing concern, as friends do, at the lunch table. (laughs) But I know one thing was I wasn't smiling. I just, I wasn't there. I didn't have a facial expression. I was just kind of like, yeah. And people were like, you shouldn't talk like that, especially after your friend just just committed suicide herself. You shouldn't talk like that. And I'm just like, listen, I'm sorry that my feelings make you uncomfortable. But this is how I feel. I had been dealing with my own stuff that I hadn't actually talked about with anyone. At least not yet at the time. And I remember one of my closest friends that came over to me and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you knew her. And at least she's in a better place now. You know, she's in heaven. And I got so angry. I said, what makes you think that she's in heaven? What makes you think that that's where she ended up? We all want to sit here and say that She's in heaven and that she's in a better place. But wouldn't the better place be here with us? I understand that we all have our own shit to deal with. I definitely get that. And and mind you, keep in mind, this is when I was unhealed. Of course, I remember this because of the auditory flashbacks. But I stood up and I said, let's all stop pretending like she's in heaven. Let's all stop pretending like she just ran away. Because that's not what she did. And I'm pissed about it. I miss her dearly. But I have a right to be pissed. With the fact that my friend is no longer with us. That she was in such great pain. That. She chose to hide it from everyone. And only tell. Very little. And I got angry. Because I started to realize some similarities there. And of course that triggered me a little bit. So the next things out of my mouth were, let's stop pretending like she wasn't living in hell when she was already here. And let's stop pretending like she made it to heaven because she made that decision. She made a cowardly choice. I'm not calling her a coward. I'm just saying that decision didn't just affect her. It affected her family. It affected all of us. And I didn't say she was selfish. My other friend said that. Because nobody could understand. Nobody could understand. That was the common thing that kept coming up. 
was that nobody could understand how, but I could. I could totally understand it, and it broke my heart because I understood it so well. I understood it when everyone was saying, how could she do this? Why didn't she just run away? You just don't, you don't commit suicide. That's just so selfish. It's so wrong. You leave so many people behind and that's just so wrong. And these were all people that I had grown up with that were saying these things. Mind you, we're all kids at this point. So we're just going to say stuff because we're trying to process and we don't know how. But at that time, when I was battling my own things and wanting to commit suicide myself and even attempting on a few occasions, I still couldn't. I still couldn't quite say I understand. And the day that I did say that I understood and the way that I said it, it scared a lot of people. But the thing is, if you're going through hell already, and I'm not saying that this is the case for Raven. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it is so easy when you're in a space of hurt, continuous hurt at that, and there is no way out. I understand how that can be an option. But it doesn't have to be the only one. There are support groups out there. Um, one of the big support groups that helped me, even though this was for sexual assault, Women Helping Women really, really helped me because they allowed me to speak without judgment. Therapy helped me because I was able to process without judgment. Any type of safe space where you are able to communicate how you feel and your feelings are validated without judgment. That's the option you choose. There are other trauma-informed care education blogs out there, such as my own. And those times where people feel that they are not being understood. I know that that is the hardest time to reach out. But that's even more reason why you should do it. Because the moment that you do reach out, you're making a change. You're making an effort to save your life. Rather than end it. This has been a really difficult episode, y'all. Extremely. And I'm okay. But I need to allow my feelings to just kind of... I need to marinate a little bit. Kind of like just thaw out a little bit. Not marinate, thaw out. <laughs> I said the wrong thing. And that's okay. That's what this is for. Um... I just wanted to touch on that because it's not always sunshine and rainbows when you're healing. 
especially when you're healing from things like verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional manipulation, neglection, you know, the list goes on. But there's strength in connectivity. And I think that's ultimately what I felt with Raven. Despite having ever had a conversation with her. I mean, I sent her a thing on, on, I commented, you know, she responded at one point, but I just still couldn't send her that direct message. But that's the power of connectivity and the strength of being vulnerable. You find others that are like yourself, that are like-minded and are willing to help push you through your bad days. Now, I'm not saying use them as a crutch, but I'm saying if you need them, you need them. There's no shame in needing a support system. None. So long as they're the right people uplifting you and helping you pursue what it is that you want to personally achieve. I know that this episode was really hard. And I'm probably going to have to deal with the aftermath of the fact that I was just so vulnerable but I don't feel shame coming off of what I just said and the things that I discussed. I don't feel shame. I actually feel a sense of relief because I know that this story, a fraction of my story, which is actually a large part of my story, I know that it'll help someone else. I have faith that it'll touch the right person because that's what I intend for it to do. Like I said, I'm not a poster child for healing. But if my story can inspire someone to take the next step in healing, to go slow with themselves, to be patient, to do the work for themselves, then I'm okay with that. I'm okay with getting uncomfortable so that others can grow, including myself. It doesn't have to be so extreme and it doesn't have to be so hard. But I think when we explore that duality of existing as who we are now, who we were then, and what we've experienced... It's always going to be a little bit of a struggle because it's a battle. 
we may get to the finish line. In in my mind, Raven was at the finish line. In my mind, she had did everything that I aspire to do and then some. And it just goes to show you that everything is not what it seems. Just because you see someone on Instagram successfully going after their dreams does not mean that they still don't have mental health issues. Even if they have suddenly become a poster child for mental health and and wellness and things like that. They're still a person. They're still a person. Regardless of you, if you see their status, regardless of if you see how many followers that they have, that means literally nothing. This is why kindness is so important and genuine connection is so important because without it, we'd be lost. And not just to the people around us, but within ourselves, we would lose our sense of being. We would lose our identity. And I'm not saying that this is what happened with Raven. I'm just saying that she was hurting. And I understand. And I think so often when I was scrolling through the comments, when I was doing kind of like a deep dive into it because I was just kind of like taken aback. I kept seeing the phrase, I don't understand. Why would you do this? How could you do this? Why didn't you talk to me? You know, the all of those comments and it just really made my blood boil because the thing is people will never understand what they don't want to understand. And that's something that I will say again. People will never understand what they don't want to understand. For example, and this is just from my personal experience, there was a time in my life where I had fully vocalized the war that was going on within my brain. And someone had the audacity to tell me, why don't you just switch it back? Okay, so you thought that negative thought, why don't you just switch it back? Why don't you think something different? Okay, so you don't feel like eating. Why don't you just think that you're hungry? (laughs) It's not as easy as flipping a switch. So again, people don't, will never understand whatever it is that they are not willing to understand. That's why so many people that have never or that have claimed to never experience depression 
used to tell me, I don't understand how you have depression. That's all in your head. And lo and behold, they have firsthand experience with it and it becomes, can you talk to me? Can you tell me how you dealt with it? Because it's real. I think there's so much stigma still surrounding mental health that people are still afraid to dig deep and understand that this stigma is what needs to be understood. We need to figure out a way to strip the stigma away from mental health because it sucks. It's killing us. This mentality that we have to be strong all the time is killing us. This mentality that if a loved one is struggling, rather than helping them, we're so quick to be like, man, I don't understand how, they, how they're struggling because they have this and they have this and they have this. But that doesn't mean that they're not struggling just because they have something. Same thing goes for society. So many people have already posted on her Instagram stating they don't understand. How? Why? What happened? Why? I don't understand. Same thing that happened when I was in high school. I don't understand why she would do this. I don't understand how this could happen. I don't understand how someone could commit suicide. I don't understand how someone could have depression. I don't understand how someone can isolate. I don't understand. And I think it's so easy to say those three words. I don't understand. Because I don't think people really want to. I think it's so much easier to say, I don't understand because you don't really want to understand. You don't really want to feel that pain. You don't really want to feel that emotion. Nor should you. But you can't be insensitive to someone else's pain by simply throwing a band-aid over it and saying, I don't understand. Because I got that when I finally told my family I'm suicidal. This has caused me to be suicidal. I don't understand. Was the first thing that I heard. In a world where I already felt misunderstood. Grossly misunderstood. The last thing that I needed to hear was I don't understand. Because in actuality, I don't understand how you don't understand. The things that I was subjected to of course you don't understand. Oftentimes the people that say they don't understand are the people that's causing you the pain in the first place. So again, I'll say it again. People will never understand what they're not willing to understand. Y'all, it's Suicide Awareness Month. 
Please hold your loved ones close. Please allow people to be a safe space for you. I'm not even going to do the other option where we say check in on our loved ones and everything because honestly, I found that that doesn't work. If you allow your loved one to be a safe space for you or if you allow yourself to be a safe space for whoever it is that you care about that is dealing with some heavy stuff that they're just not willing to talk about just yet. If you allow them a space of safety, they're more likely to come to you and say, hey, I'm dealing with this thing here. And I don't necessarily need anything from you, but I just wanted you to know. But if they're met with constant disapproval, constant, oh my God, I can't believe you're calling me again, or constant feelings of annoyance, then they're more likely to just shut down. Be a welcome space for them. Be a space of peace. Be a non-judgmental safe space for them. Whoever it is. I know this episode was really long. And if you guys need a moment. That's totally fine. I completely understand. That's it for episode 11. Episode. Ah shoot. 12. I don't remember. It's okay. (laughs) We'll figure it out. If you guys want to support the podcast, if you guys want to support me in this venture that I am going on um, as far as doing this podcast more consistently and having guest features, um, you can support by contributing to my cash app, which is Poetis20, um, capital P. And if you're interested at all in being a guest on the ep- on one of the episodes you can also send the ten dollars there that does cover your spot for um an episode as well as promotion so i will be promoting the episodes as i do after i release them after i publish them on my instagram my facebook and my tiktok um so that will cover that as well and this will also contribute to the building of Queen J Wellness. Yeah, I am actually working towards building my wellness center. So if you guys want to contribute to that, I know this episode was really, really heavy, but that is the type of work that I want to do. This is my this is my purpose. This is my career. This is my passion. And I appreciate you guys so much. Um Thank you for seeing and hearing me. This has been Queen J with Let's Get Uncomfortable, episode 12. Peace.